Okay, it's a lot of fun to be sitting down right now because I just got done unloading a whole cord of wood and we moved somebody's furniture from downstairs all the way upstairs. I should say our parents. Very active day. Yes. <laughs> so who are we talking about? Who are we? My name is Travis Rosinger and we want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Don Rosinger. We hope you guys all had a great week. I know we did. It was a busy week, but a good week. It was a great week. Well, we're going to go back a few years, Don, to kick off this podcast. And I'm just going to share a story with all of you that are listening. I was driving to work one day. This was quite a while ago. I think it was about 15 years ago, 18 years ago. I was driving to work one day and I did, remembered I needed to stop to get some cash yep, out of I the cash machine. Yep. I think you had asked me to grab some cash. So I pulled over, I got out of my car, went up to the ATM and went to put my card in there, went to get some cash out. And sure enough, it gave me the money, but it gave me an extra $20 bill. And at that moment, I was like, wait a second. I looked at my receipt. It, it, it said the, an amount that it was giving me that was less than the $20 bill, but the $20 bill was still there. Yeah, like fed you an extra bill. It was like, feeding me free money. Yeah. And so I was sitting there and I had a decision in that moment. I could stop and get really, really honest and walk into the bank and hand them back their money. I was on the outside of the bank or I could walk off and get in the car. And so, as you know, Don, I made the wrong decision. Did, yep. I took the money and got into my car and drove away, partly because I was in a hurry, but partly because I was like, whoa, I'm having a good day. Free $20. Free $20. Yeah, it's their bad. It's a blessing from God. They should <laughs> no. calibrate their machine oh, and make yes. it work. I don't know what I told myself, <laughs> but I didn't do the right thing. I didn't walk back into the bank. But interestingly enough, I kept driving by that bank on the way to work every single day, twice a day for the next month, two months. And finally, it was about nine months. And every time I drive by that bank, I would feel inside of me, it would be just, I would be reminding myself myself, wait, their $20 is in my pocket. Right. I need to give them back their $20. And it was just eating me up on the inside till one day. And again, I think it was about nine months. I finally pulled my car uh, over on the side of the road into the bank parking lot, walked through the front door, walked up to the, to the front counter, and I pulled out the $20 bill. And I said, hey, I need to give this back to you. And I explained the story and I, I laid it out there and I said, this is your $20. I need to apologize. I took it. It wasn't mine. I should have given it back to you. I've had it for like nine months. I am so sorry. And as you know, Don, I was crazy embarrassed. Right. I felt awful. Here I, I felt like I had stolen $20 and I just needed to do the right thing and give it back to them. And you wouldn't have believed this, the look on this woman's face, the bank teller. She was. She just got this crazy happy smile. She said, hold on. She went and got the bank president. They came up. She told him what I did and he shook my hand and thanked me. He did. He was shocked. Here I thought he was going to call the cops and have me arrested Over this $20 and called bill. off to jail. Right. But instead he thanked me for doing the right thing. He's like, no one's ever right. come back in and given us money like that. And so I was so glad that I made that decision that day. Why? Just because I was able to confess what I had done wrong. I got it off my chest. I made it right. And to this day, I don't ever have to worry about right. it again. And they thought I did something honest, something good. And I, I was so glad. I remember that time, Travis, because you kind of kept going back and forth and you would tell me how bad you felt. But there was nothing that I could do on my end because it wasn't something that 
happened to me. It was a decision, something that you had to do to try to make right because it was just eating you alive. Well, you guys know marriage is between two people. Two people, they become one flesh. It is two people joining their lives together and becoming one. Marriage is two people sharing the responsibilities of life and merging everything that they have and everything that they own together. Yeah. And we're not talking about like sharing toothbrushes or anything like that, but you know, pretty much everything. And although marriage is the unity of many things, a husband and a wife are both still responsible for their own heart spiritually. When we die and stand before God one day, we cannot blame our spouse for our actions or our bad attitude. We cannot blame our sins on our spouse. It will be just you and God. You will give an account to God on your life. And that's why I appreciate your story, Travis, because this is something that happened that you felt convicted about, you felt bad about, and you had to make it right. Even though we're married, it was something that I couldn't make right. Yeah, the two will become one flesh, but I still made the bad decision and had to go make it right. Right. So although we often do our podcasts uh, and have you reflect on your marriage together, today we're going to have you reflect on yourself personally. Why? Because how you are doing spiritually as an individual will affect your marriage as a couple. So how are you? Really, how are you doing spiritually right now in this moment? Is everything right between you and God? Is everything right between you and those around you? Are you driving by a bank with somebody's $20 in your pocket? What do you need to make right? I like how you say that, Travis. When you ask, how are you? You're like, really, how are you doing spiritually? And only I can answer that question for me and only you can answer that question for you. But really, like, think down deep. How are you doing spiritually? Yeah. So let's drill down on that. Are there things in your life that you need to confess to God so that your heart is spiritually healthy and whole? You can hear the sound of my voice. You're listening to this podcast. But where are you at? Now, we talk a lot about forgiveness in marriage in this podcast. Forgiveness is asking for someone to forgive you of a hurt, offense, or a sin that was committed against them by you. Forgiveness is also extending forgiveness to someone that has asked you to forgive them, where you let them off the hook. But what if a sin you committed was not against someone else, but it was something that you committed against God and yourself? This is when we need a thing called confession. Kind of when I leaned over that counter in the bank and I handed, kind of slid that $20 bill across the counter to that teller and I confessed. I threw myself under the bus and I said, this is what I did wrong. Confession. It challenges us to explore the darkness or struggles that may be in our hearts and our lives. So what is confession? Well, confession is when we look deep into our own hearts and our lives and we confess all our sins to God. Now, why would we want to do this? Well, because unconfessed sin, it creates a barrier between us and God, and it can hinder our prayers. I mean, this is a bad thing. This is not good. The Bible says that nothing can separate you from the love of God, but we can separate ourselves from the love of God. It's our choice. It's up to us to be spiritually healthy. We need confession as part of our spiritual disciplines. It's so important. That way we're not carrying this heavy load. We get it off our chest and we remove that barrier between ourselves and God. Travis, I really appreciate how you talked about the difference between forgiveness and confession because they're 
two different things. And why do we need confession? Why do we need to confess our sins? Because you know what? Everyone sins, not just you and me, but everyone. It says that in the Bible in Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I don't know about you. I don't want this to sound goofy, but that verse is actually comforting to me because I do sin. At the same time, I know I'm not alone, that this is something that every person deals with. And I go, Travis, you deal with it. We yeah, all deal with sin. It is comforting. It's comforting to know that we don't have to be perfect. We're not perfect. Right. It's funny because when it comes to sin for my life and for me personally, I can relate to the words of Paul in the Bible. I love Paul. I love his character. I love his personality. Such a cool guy. Because in Romans seven fifteen, he says this, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is a sin living in me <laughs> that does it. I know that sounds super confusing, but super that makes confusing. so much sense. I know. But clear at the same time. I'm yeah. sure you guys can relate to this. Like, Travis, I want to hold my tongue when I'm frustrated at you or when I got frustrated at the kids, but oftentimes I speak those exact words that I know that I shouldn't say. Yeah. Like, I just still say them. I know I need to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry, but many times I speak before I think and use hurtful or discouraging words. I know in my heart and I believe that God is in control of all things, yet there are days that I still worry and get anxious over things that will probably never even happen. Travis, I know that my worth and my identity is found in Christ, but I still have days or times that I seek the approval and affirmation of others. Yeah, that's easy. I do that too. And it's 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 hard not to because we want to succeed or we want to be well-liked, but of course we fall into that trap. I know as well, Travis, I struggle with wanting things to be perfect, although I know that the value of people is much greater than material items. And I say these things to you because these are my weaknesses. These are just a few of the sins that I know I struggle with, that I pray about. These are the things that are at battle within me. There's that battle, like Paul, like, you know, you want to really do is. what's right, but then you do what's wrong. Can you guys ever feel that battle that's within you? There's a battle of good and evil that is going on inside of every single one of us. We should not be discouraged that there is a battle. The fact that we are in the battle is actually a good sign. Don't you think, Travis, it's like a good thing that we're contemplating it, that yeah. we're considering the good and the evil? Well, it means that we haven't given up. Right. It means that we're getting up every day and we're fighting against the evil that tries to take over our hearts. So glad, Don, that you talked about a battle. I actually got kind of revved up when you said that because, of course, we just visited Disney World and we're in the Star Wars portion of Disney World. And this is a great movie and story, if you will, because of the battle between good and evil. I love this. I mean, how many times has somebody who really enjoys Star Wars, they've said, well, the force be with you. In other words, True, yeah. the good side, you know, the, may, may the good guys be with you. Or, you know, they've talked about the Empire being evil and how they're going to attack. Well, that's a lot like real life. Even though Star Wars is fiction, man, the battle for Christians between good and evil is real. 
Evil wants to especially destroy Christians because you have the ability to influence people all around you right now and because you could also reach people for Jesus in the future. You see, evil doesn't want you to know that the power of your influence right. and you don't That's want to true. underestimate the power of your own influence. There's so many people that are watching your life. They're listening to your, your words. They're wondering what you're going to do next and evil will do everything it can to pull Pull the rug out from underneath you. Charles, when I hear about this story about Paul in the Bible, and I think about it a little bit further, I always go back to the cartoons when we were little. Kind of like, you know, you have the little devil on one shoulder, and then you have the angel with a halo on the other side, and you're going back and forth between good and bad. And that's what Paul is talking about. There's always that choice. We have, there's the good and the bad, bad, and it's, there's that battle there, and mm. I just—that's the picture that I get when I think about this passage and just about Paul, and when it, we talk about confession. Yeah, and it really ends up in the battle of the mind. Yes. And what are we going to do with our thoughts? And you know, are we going to walk back into the bank, or are we going to keep the twenty dollars right. for nine months? Well, there is good news in this, and Paul goes on to share the good news further in the same chapter that we've been reading out of Romans 7, verse 21. He goes on and he says, I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am, he says. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Hey, there's an answer. That's awesome. An it's the best answer ever. Incredible answer. Guys, did you hear the good news? Let me read it to you again. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God, he says, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that is so true. Jesus gives us power mm. over evil, over sin, over temptation, desire. And Paul acknowledges the truth about his struggle with sin. That's what I love about Paul. Paul is a sinner just like you and I. Then he acknowledges who can help uh, him with this struggle. Jesus Christ, our Lord, who delivers us. Now, how do you get rid of this sin that we have identified? Yeah. So here's a couple good pieces of wisdom that will give us direction on how to deal with sin. 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, He, which means God, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's that simple. All we have to do is confess our sins. We've been talking about confession right. and me walking in and confessing. Don, you confessing for the things that you've done wrong to a friend or your parents or, or, or a coworker, whatever that might be. But when it comes to God and that barrier that gets erected between us and God, it's, it's it. It's that simple. Right. Confess. Give it to God, and He purifies us from all unrighteousness. Another piece of wisdom is in Acts 3.19. It says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And I would say that well, that verse right there is all about once we get it off our chest, yeah. once we turn to God and we give it to Him or we make it right with those other people around us that we've wronged, man, there's this, this weight that comes comes off of us and that's that refreshing yep. that comes from God. It's I think it's important to remember Travis like we were talking before for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. We all have days where 
they're they're going to be bad or we make bad decisions but it's cool that we can confess our sins to God and he is faithful and he's just and he will forgive us of our sins and purify us but we have to confess we have to admit our wrong just like these verses said we need to acknowledge our sin i know that's hard but we need to take responsibility of it and for it we need to deal with it we need to then go to god with humble hearts and ask for forgiveness, to get honest with God. We then need to be confident that God will forgive us of our sins and loves us unconditionally. So again, we come back to that question, what is between you and God right now? As you're listening to this podcast, is there something that you've done wrong to somebody else that has caused to hinder your prayers? In the Bible, it says that when we've done wrong to our spouses, you know, specifically husbands and wives, it can hinder your prayers and it builds that barrier between you and God. So what do you need to confess to your spouse, to God and make right as you listen to this podcast? What is God speaking to your heart right now in this moment? In a chapter on confession and communion in his book, Life together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer goes on to write this, he who is alone with his sin is utterly alone, but it is a grace of the gospel, which is so hard for the pious to understand that confronts us with the truth and says, you are a sinner, a great desperate sinner. Now come as a sinner you are to the God who loves you. This is an incredible reminder, you guys. Why? Because we are all sinners. Yeah. But we have the ability to come to God with our sin, confess him to a God who loves us and who will forgive us of those sins. Yeah. He makes a great point about how he who is alone with the sin is utterly alone. Right. That's what sin does. It isolates you. It partly because you want to hide it. You want to, you know, if you have a secret sin or something you're doing against God that you need to confess and deal with, but instead you decide to keep in that sin and keep, you know, pushing that wedge, building that barrier between you and God, what do you do? You hide it. And so it forces you into isolation. And I even think of those people who have things against God or other people and they get bitter and they right. get angry yes. and they don't deal with it. And eventually they just sit in their house all by themselves and they're angry, mean people. And that's not what we want to be. I love how he talks at the end of his quote, now come as a sinner you are to the God who loves you. You guys, we have to remember that God loves us. God loves you. We are all sinners who fall short of God's glory, but God loves us and wants us to come to him. He hasn't given up on us and we shouldn't give up on us as well. I know, Travis, I appreciate that I get convicted for sin. There are sometimes I have a bad attitude or I'll be short and it just eats me alive. I can't, I keep replaying it in my mind and I have to go back to the person that I was short with or Travis, you, if I'm having a bad day and I'm sarcastic, it eats me alive at the end of my night. If I haven't gone back to you and tried to make sure that I made it right. So that's what conviction is. That's like the Holy Spirit talking to us and we can't like let it go. We feel remorse for the sin. And I love that. That's what conviction does to us, and it helps us to make sure that our heart is right before God. Yeah, it helps us to be spiritually healthy, which in turn makes our marriage yep. spiritually healthy. It is a huge key. Confession is super important. So we want to ask you one final time, how are you doing spiritually? Like really, how are you doing? Only you can answer that question. Yes, this is a marriage podcast, but your spouse can't answer that question for you. And it's a question worth asking. Am I doing well spiritually? We want to encourage you to stop right now. 
to take a few moments and examine your heart and talk to God. Talk to God. When you work on you, you work on too. When your heart is right before God spiritually, when you've dismantled that barrier between your, you and God, your marriage will be in a much better place and it's going to have much greater levels of success and happiness. I mean, that's our heart for you and I know that's your heart for yourself. You want to be happy. You want to be successful in your relationship with your spouse, but also most importantly, in your relationship with God. And to succeed with God means that we confess to him. I don't know why, but there are a ton of famous people that come to my mind and there are two different kinds, some that have messed up and they fight it and deny it the whole way and it just blows up their lives. But then there are those that are famous that messed up and they own it. And yeah, it's humbling. Yeah, it may be the end of their career as they know it, but it more than likely restores their marriage and really gives them a chance to build on honesty moving forward. That confession and owning it is so powerful. Travis, I just want to go back to your beginning story about that $20, that extra $20 that you got from the bank. And to some of you guys, that might not seem like a big deal, but for me, to sit back and look at that and saw that you wrestled with this $20, man, did I respect that, that you had integrity enough to go back to the bank and say, you know what, you gave me too much money. Like, it just makes me trust you more and I appreciate your sensitivity to God. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you can do it. You've got this. Keep loving the fight. Have a great week. <laughs>